I shouldn't have taken this bite. <laughs> uh, you can eat first if you want. No, that's right. Multitasking. I'll just I'll just look at it while I talk to you. That way, I'll I'll eat by osmosis. Nice. That's good. I like it. Well, welcome to Westworld. I guess my name is Joseph. Uh, I'm doing this podcast with Dill. And we are um, going to be reviewing, basically, and just kind of giving our thoughts on Westworld. We both haven't seen it before, and we started to watch the first season uh, pretty recently. And we want to just kind of give our thoughts about it and um, turn it into a kind of a podcast. Um, so I, I, uh, I currently live in Ohio. I work in education. And um, yeah, you know, on, on the side, I play a lot of games just whenever... You know, Fortnite and stuff, and then also just like to watch a lot of TV and, and movies. So Westworld was really interesting to me because, um, like, I like Lost. Like, you remember Lost from back in the day? Like, it was kind of that sci-fi thing. And, and I think that's what really got a lot of uh, developers, producers interested in kind of exploring that um, kind of on a more um, general audience scale. And so I like Westworld. I mean, that's what interested me about it. And then also, um, I haven't really seen any, any HBO films, uh, um, TV shows, so this would kind of be my first one. So I guess that's kind of who I am and also, you know, how, how I got interested in Westworld. Yeah, uh, my name's Dylan, like Joe said, and I live in Texas, currently in grad school. And yeah, what interested me about Westworld is also just the whole sci-fi kind of idea uh, pretty big into black mirror and different shows like that that just kind of show a somewhat um darker oh, yeah. take on what technology could be and uh, <laughs> i just heard a lot about the show and i know it came out like two years ago we're a little bit late to the party but uh it's, it's little, definitely it's still worth it it's still really good so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i guess we're gonna try and keep it pretty conversational um but this is the first time we're doing something like this so it's obviously a work in progress. Um, mm-hmm. I'm eating a pizza while doing this, so <laughs> hopefully I'll remember to turn my head away when I take a bite and then not uh, speak when I'm eating. Um, so, Dill, what would you think about it, man? Maybe we should start with just like a synopsis of the, the first episode, the the original. Mm-hmm. Season one, episode one. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot, man. Um, honestly, just watching it, uh, I just feel like... There's just so much information they're bringing out. But at the same time, because it's right. the first episode, it was just right. um, kind of laying the scene for us. But at the same time, it didn't feel like too overwhelming, although I felt like it was almost mm-hmm. there. But mm-hmm. I really liked that. I think they really drew us in. Uh, the storytelling is on point um, in, in so many aspects. But yeah, I mean, I really liked the first episode. I think it gave us just enough to want to know what is going to happen for the rest of the season. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah, I would definitely agree um, on what you said about um, sharing a lot about the world. Because the first episode of most series, it's all about world building mm-hmm. and just laying kind of the foundation for the rest of the series. Like, who are these characters? Where do they live? In, in many ways, kind of like, where do they live? Because in Westworld, it's kind of like two worlds mm-hmm. that these characters live in. Um. But also, um, I, I liked how there was a lot of exposition without just talking. Like, 
you you spend most of the first episode just learning about the world by being in the world with mm. these characters. Like, there's not a lot of like, um, twenty years after the world's um, destruction of the chemical industry. Like, you know, it's not like apocalyptical kind of yeah. setup like that. You're just kind of thrown into it, um, which is like super confusing in in the beginning, and then like as you kind of learn about um, kind of what this corporation is and then you know these characters that you're watching aren't truly um character like aren't truly humans Mm -hmm. in some ways they're um like robots so but maybe we can kind of walk through the first episode so in in the first episode you kind of start off with that train scene right where the train comes in and like people get off in get off the train and they enter like this wild west kind of kind of world and you know there there are you know all these sorts of things you can do in the world there's a lot of vices a lot of debauchery like basically fulfill any of your desires in this world and you see examples of that like some 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 people going to like a brothel or you know hitting on like this prostitute and then you know just seeing an exchange there and also um you know a lot of violence so like people you know just want to like go up to someone to shoot them in the face and like mm-hmm. you see a lot of that too and then also like adventure like anything you want like whether that's something like a- any kind of escapism like that you want like something like really small or not small but something like more physical or like uh, material or something like a lot more a, l- a little bit more like i don't want to say maybe meta like you know you see some, you mm-hmm. learn about some characters who have been in the world for such a long time that like they're not into like you know just going and have, having sex with a prostitute. They they want to like explore the world and maybe do it for some bad reasons. Yeah, yeah, it's like the ultimate virtual reality. It's basically like I think what current video gamers would want in the future is basically it's it's not like that movie Gamer when you go and like you're actually <laughs> playing with real people, but this one mm-hmm. I mean is robots, but they are designed to be so real mm-hmm. that you think they're people and. uh and, like, kind of throughout, we see, like, they're updating it, they're tweaking it. Uh, we, we don't really know how long that this kind of, this amusement park type of thing's been around. Right. But it seems like they've been there for a long time. 30 years, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, years. at least. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I like what you said. You're saying, like, they don't really explain too much. They just kind of, like, thrust you in there. I feel like that's part of the storytelling, I think, draws me in because i feel like almost at the same time because there's two realities there's like um the quote-unquote hosts which are the robots but then Mm -hmm. also the actual the actual reality with either the corporation or even the the guests but i Mm -hmm. feel like we're also experiencing it kind of Mm -hmm. for the first time sort of like the robots which i guess will eventually kind of get awareness or something but like they're experiencing it and then we are also experiencing it just with a little bit more awareness right but, um, yeah, I like that they don't really go and explain anything. They just kind of show it to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even even before that um, that train scene, I think it shows Dolores just sitting in uh, one of the rooms, and then the fly, like, flies on her face, and then actually, like, crawls onto her eye, and she has oh. no response. So it showed that at the beginning, too. Yeah, yeah, so already it's like, oh, like, what's what's happening? And I feel like... Because they don't explain things, and the imagery is kind of more provocative, I think it it just makes you feel uncomfortable throughout. Yes. But it adds to the whole experience. It's like why it's 
uh, why it draws you in. Yes. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. I feel like at different points in this uh, in this uh, this episode, I just felt like I don't know, like maybe 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 I felt maybe the the thought is confused, but mm. really it, it is a level of uncomfortability or discomfort, especially when they took you to that corporation too. You start to see the way that they handled these hosts and the yeah. way that they created them. Going back to what you said with with uh, the hosts, kind of us also being the host and learning about this world, like I almost couldn't tell if some of the hosts were real people or mm. some of the people were hosts, you know? Like even in the corporation, like I wasn't mm. sure if the the woman that was helping uh the main um developer the main oh, yeah. um, engineer i was like is this woman a robot like is this <laughs> is this like because the way that she was talking too she had a certain accent and so i didn't know if that was oh that's my phone i didn't know if that was um because of you know her nationality or or because mm-hmm. she was like like a like a sleeper host or something yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's just all of it's just kind of confusion, and then they just they're presented that way. So I think that we'll want to keep watching. We like kind of want to know. It's like they just give us a, a little, a little yeah. teaser. <laughs> but yeah, even in the beginning when they introduce uh, Teddy, I guess yeah. the main host per- protagonist um, yeah, on the yeah, yeah. on the train. I think he's initially presented in a way that's like. Oh, this is a human, right. or like, because he's on the train, he's coming right. to Westworld, so he shouldn't be um, a robot or whatever. Right. And later on, we we kind of see uh, it's revealed that he is. Yeah, I think that just kind of plays onto, I think, the filmmaker just trying to make us a little confused and caught off guard, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes us think too. It makes me think because. Um... You, you you tend to appreciate or value these characters based on whether or not they're a host. Mm. Like subconsciously, I think before I found out that Teddy was not a host, <clears throat> I wasn't I was like kind of invested in him. I was like, oh okay. Like this is gonna be like our our male antagonist who like has a story arc and like mm. he's gonna change in this way. But then when they revealed that he was a host, I was like, oh shoot, like this is actually this guy's like a robot. He's less significant. He's He's not changeable. He's not malleable. He's just stagnant. His character, he won't have an arc. Like, you know, he's just going to be like an NPC in like a video game, you know? Like, you, you see them in a different way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I don't know, but maybe because I, I try to have a, a little more, I feel like, uh, a sympathetic take. I feel like, I assume <laughs> something's going to happen that these hosts are going to realize what's going on. But I think yeah. almost, with, I, I feel more sympathy for the hosts because they don't know what's okay. happening. You know, the episode yeah. kind of goes... And it repeats basically the same day or the same storyline. You know, Dolores wakes up and she's like, hey, what's right. up, Dad? Um, I just feel bad for <laughs> them, right? Different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I actually feel it, it's true that you feel differently, whether it's like a human or like a host. But I think I almost feel more for the host mm-hmm. because they have to go and experience this, but then they don't actually know. And they're right. basically being manipulated. And, you know, the, the whole question right. of are they alive? Do, do they have value i guess but yeah Yeah. sentience yeah and i think that's kind of the cliffhanger that the episode leaves off on when the fly comes back to um dolores's face Mm -hmm. or her neck and then she like slaps it and kills it yeah that's 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 like so 
insignificant almost, but one of yeah. the biggest cliffhangers that they could have yes. given. You know, like the fly is kind of there throughout. Like in the beginning, yes. it flies on her face, mm-hmm. and then she doesn't do anything. And the fly, like, um, also just is just around in the story. But at the end, yeah, like you said, she she slaps it and kills it. Mm-hmm. Right after being questioned, is like, would you ever hurt a living being or something like that? Oh, and she's like, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, of course I didn't not. Notice that. And then immediately it just ends on that. And that's like, even with all of the, all the information, all the depth of the story throughout the first episode, like her slapping a fly, I think is the weightiest thing that could have happened. Mm, mm-hmm. And was that the only situation in the whole episode, regardless of host that had actually injured something? Uh, yeah. Cause I think it's in their core coding that they're not allowed to. Yeah, I think there's a there's a scene either. Do no I think, harm. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I think when the sheriff kind of like glitches out, which is ironic because a fly flew on his face and then he glitches out. But when the programmer <laughs> is like debugging him and stuff, and then he's being questioned by the lady from management, he's he says his core coding still intact, and literally he couldn't hurt a fly. That's, that's what he says. And then at the end, oh, Dolores wow. actually kills a fly. Yeah, so just kind of playing on that phrase, I guess. Right. I feel like flies get a terrible rap in movies. <laughs> like, um, I just saw um, Hereditary, and um, if you've seen that movie, you know flies are a big deal. Um, yeah, I'll just say that. Interesting. I guess we should actually kind of walk through the episode a little bit. I think we've just given some thoughts throughout, <laughs> but uh, we, we can kind of walk through the through the plot. Yeah. You're gonna have a lot to a lot of work to do, Dale, to kind of splice this thing together. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Use my garage band skills. Yes. But yeah, so you said you know the the world's introduced. They come in on the train, and then oh Teddy, uh, basically, basically yeah Teddy and Dolores meet up again. And I I found that actually really interesting, like that the hosts because they say that there's like over a hundred storylines happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. But like the hosts experience the storyline even if there are no humans present oh it's a good question like in the beginning you know it's like dolores wakes up she has a conversation with her dad but then later when teddy sees dolores and they meet up and it's it's like oh they they actually know each other um i guess they have previous relationship and they're out there like talking about the cows and whatnot Um, i think during that time it's still supposed to make you think that he's human because Mm -hmm. they're having conversation but then when it's revealed, I'm like, oh, that's that's so interesting that um, they, I guess, they still go through the storyline, even if it's right. just them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what, what benefit that necessarily has. Yeah, but then I guess the scene changes to when Teddy and Dolores are going back to Dolores' house, and they find out that um, there's some bandits there, and um, Dolores' dad and mom have been killed. Um, and that's when I think it introduces, I guess, the bad guy. I guess he's called the Man in Black. I don't think he's given a name in the first episode. Mm-hmm. But um, he is one of the first humans, I think, that we see that has significant lines, I guess. And it's mm-hmm. for him, he, he kind of drops that line where, like, oh, I've been visiting you, Dolores, for the past 30 years, and you don't remember me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that, there we go. I think we see that, at least for this guy, he's come a lot. But also, um, we don't necessarily know his motives, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then, um, so basically you find out about this man in black, 
and he's like kind of with this gang of um, hosts, other not other hosts, but just hosts. And then like you know, different. I think I think at that point the story kind of loosens up a little bit. It, it starts to show you like different vignettes of the of the world. Like it'll take mm. you to the corporation, and it shows you that oh well, actually, surprise, this is not like actually the Wild West. This is like a video game that this mm-hmm. company has made. And then um, it, it talked about the reveries part. The sheriff started a malfunction at the park. I forgot he said something funny. Uh, like he was trying to he was trying to talk to one of the the people, and he he got stuck on a word that I just thought was hilarious in the way that he delivered it. Yeah. So then so then they take him in, they interview him and stuff. Meanwhile, um, they they tweak the the story, I guess, and then they they make Hector the bandit come out earlier than expected. And he kind of goes on this killing spree of other hosts. And it's kind of this modification to the story that the um, head narrator uh, wrote to kind of um, take that opportunity to remove the hosts and repair them all. Because they realized that these reveries that were in, the, this reverie that was in the, the sheriff, that that's in a lot of other hosts. And they took this they're taking this opportunity to go in and repair the rest of them. And then later we find out that, um, the the sheriff and um and and this other bandit guy gets uh, put into a cold room and they they're basically banished as viable hosts. There was something else at the end of the episode too, right, Dill? Where they you already talked kind of talked about that. The sheriff is interviewed by Mr. Ford. Oh, um, are you talking about the uh, Dolores's dad? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's Dolores's dad. Oh, I'm getting things confused. And yeah, no, I'm sorry. There's a lot in the first episode. Uh, it's kind of confusing. Yeah. Uh, I think just take a quick step back. I, I think I, I I really appreciate how they go about doing the world building. Like I think we just see glimpses of all the different parts. Like we're mostly in Westworld. Uh, I assume that's what they call it. But then at the same time, we see glimpses of the corporation and ways that they are responding to like the bugs and whatnot. And then we even see um, a small glimpse of how they store the hosts that they decommission. Like, they're all just standing. Yeah. Um, it seems interesting. Like, maybe they actually had a had a location that wasn't the Wild West before. I, I don't know. I was oh. trying to understand what that place was. They're like, oh, sub-level something, something. But when you mm-hmm. go, I was like, oh, that looks like, like a mall or, like, some sort of train station or something. Mm-hmm. So I assume that'll come into play a little bit later where um, the Wild West isn't just the only place. But yeah, I think I appreciate that, where they just kind of drop that in here and there. And then even throughout, they don't really give you a setting for when this this whole show is taking place. Like, obviously, it's somewhere in the future, but I think there's a conversation between Mr. Ford and then the lead programmer, Mm -hmm. um, where he's like, yeah, we've extended life, we... uh, even the weakest of us are able to live longer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they have that conversation, which I think is kind of, it's like the question the show wants us to think about, like where is technology headed and like right. what's, what's kind of the point. And then he's like, when we're able to revive people from the dead, right. that'll basically be our peak. That'll be the plateau right. and we'll be done. Um, so I thought that was really interesting, but then they don't actually yeah. go into it that much, which I think yeah. they just kind of, they just like throw it out there and like I assume they'll develop it later on. But yeah. um yeah. Well let's let's talk about that that future or the, the, the present setting of, of Westworld because um 
it, it seems like, I mean, just looking at Ford's character, he seems like kind of depressed or just, mm. you know, kind of absent from the whole situation. And his comment about reaching um, humanity's peak of technology, being able to revive the dead like Lazarus walking out of the cave. Like, I wonder if he's getting close to that or he's seen that before. And so that's kind of made him jaded to the fact that there is no like hope or goodness in, in this, um, mm. in this like endeavor or maybe, or maybe he's anticipating getting to that point. And so he feels like his job is done or that he's like resolved in something. Yeah. I wonder like even what he means by like resurrecting someone from the dead, you know, is like, is it actually just creating a host that's exactly mm. like that person and like being yeah. able to download their personality or something like, right. What if he's a host? Oh yeah, you know that I I I've, yeah, like you said earlier, I wondered that. You know, like is the lady from management a host? Like, is he a host? Like, did, did he did he make himself? You know, mm-hmm. type of thing. Because he didn't he didn't seem scared when when the other um the host was like threatening to kill him. Doris's dad. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah he seems super chill. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on there. But right. yeah, I think there's just uh, the show just leaves you with a lot of questions that will. I I hope we'll get answered later on. Yeah. And and shout outs to the uh the um Silence of the Lambs reference when um when uh, Anthony Hopkins who plays Ford talks about how there was another um version of Westworld that was set in like a horror game kind of genre oh. where um you know that was um that was where Dolores' dad was playing someone else that he was playing this cannibalistic um, serial killer, uh, and he was reciting those those lines from Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. He made like a quick comment about how, oh, this is from his his old uh, host um, shell, in which he was a cannibalistic uh, like, and he just like, and I was like, oh, okay, I see you. That's, oh, that's is, that's is that Silence cool. of the Lambs? I haven't seen it, so I actually don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. Uh. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I know I know it's really popular. Oh, that's interesting um, that they kind of gave that shout-out. <laughs> yeah, and I think that also just kind of makes you um, wonder, like, yeah, how long has the park actually been going on? Because um, they say that Dolores' dad's been doing that for, like, 10 years. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and then also, kind of jumping around a bit, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's our first episode, too, so that's how it goes. <laughs> when they first go to that subsection and, like, they see all the decommissioned hosts... And uh, Ford is having a conversation with one of the original hosts, I think. I think he says it's the second host they ever built. Um, mm. So I think that's interesting just to see. I mean, the the program of comments is like, oh, yeah, look how far we've come. But then already, like, that first host is more advanced than anything we've ever seen in our current day. Um, so I think it just makes right. me think, like, yeah, how far ahead in the future is this? And, like, what what is that setting? Is like, will we actually see that or... Will we be contained within Westworld, you know, mm-hmm. as an audience? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, like, um, if Dolores and that first host, I'm sure they did have some, uh, Dolores and the second host, excuse me, if Dolores and the second host had um, some sort of relationship or, um, you know, some some sort of role together in, in the original world and, and why she was retained and she continues to be a host in the new world when he has been de- decommissioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then at the end, um, I guess their head of security or whatever, the guy that's questioning Dolores, 
tells uh, his assistant Dolores is actually the oldest host in the park. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder how that comes into play. And, like, because it's, it seems like um, since they're robots and they're, they're made out of programming, the main glitch that we're, we are introduced to in the first episode is that they're accessing memories, basically. Yes. I mean, for them, they're accessing previous programming. But for the way it works for someone that's alive, you know, for us, it's like you're remembering. Um, so I think yeah. I assume that will come into play and then maybe they'll go into like all the different iterations of Westworld or whatever they call mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. And also, again, it just makes you wonder, like, how old is Dolores actually? Um, right. It can't be that old if Ford is the one that created all of this um, Westworld. Yeah. But still, I guess, pretty old. And that really is trauma, like the the ability, but also the the flaw to access prior memories that uh, you probably don't want to remember. Mm-hmm. Like in many ways, that's what we experience as trauma, you know, um, and we learn different ways to cope with it, to suppress it. If we cope ineffectively, it, it results in, you know, diff- other kinds of um, psychopathies. So so that was that was a glitch but also so so how does that relate to the reveries then like how does that or or is that the reveries that that he kind of built this into the system Yeah I think the the head programmer um I think his name is Bernie or something anyways I think he says because Ford introduced the reveries that is allowing them to access their previous builds or whatever else Yeah because they added that in the most recent update patch it's allowing them to, I guess, access it more than they were thinking it would. Gotcha. So that also, that kind of makes me think, who do you think the antagonists are in this, in this series? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I think, I think, it, so I, I think we have to separate it into the two worlds that they build for us. Like, I mean, okay. there's the, the West world, you know, the inside the park with the hosts, but then there's also the corporation so I think within Westworld, I think the man in black obviously is seems like a bad guy. Yeah, he seems not very nice. Yeah, him. But then also I feel like it's just it's still unknown in terms of like the corporation. Like mm-hmm. uh, if you remember that scene where I think the head writer and then the lady from management are talking. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you know, I know that management has more interest than just allowing these rich people to come mm. and play this game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she uh, she straight up acknowledges it, you know? I, I think that that's one of the only places in the episode where I feel like they just kind of, like, tell us something versus show us. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, yeah, you're right. This, this world is one thing to the people that pay, like the customers, is one thing to the shareholders and, like, something totally different to the mm-hmm. management. So I think there's this cloud where I think it's assumed that management, whoever she basically represents, mm-hmm. is also kind of a bad bad character antagonist in the show yeah but it's just not quite explained how do you feel about ford being an antagonist or do you feel like he's more of a neutral player i don't know i think his somewhat like detachment has me wondering kind of like you're saying like he he seems either like depressed or like something where he's just like he's just thinking in his own world almost. So I'm not sure. I I, I think that'd be an interesting twist if later on like that kind of appears and something happens with that. Yeah, it reminds me of um the creator. I forgot his name from um, uh, Prometheus and Alien, like mm. the newer ones. Basically, the person who made I think his name is Michael, 
and how like he was basically the person who created the android but um and he's kind of like in the background he's not really exactly I mean, he's not he's not really a character in the whole film but everything you know all the all the problems all the plot everything comes from the creation of the original um android guy michael mm. and the person who created him like if that had never happened you know then then we wouldn't have all these problems mm. so that's like a that's like a meta way of thinking about like who's the bad guy is it the yeah, guy that guess, actually yeah. made this all possible um yeah does he ultimately like is he responsible for this yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that's a good question. I think it kind of depends which direction the show goes. Like, I, I found myself thinking when the lady from management was like, yeah, well, she asked the writers, like, what do you think our greater, our interest in this is? And I was like trying to think. I'm like, I, I don't really know. Like, what? Mm-hmm. I assume that's that's some twist or some plot device later on. But I'm like, yeah, I don't know what they would do. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it leaves you questioning, like, who are these people i think they, mm-hmm. they just introduce they introduce some of the characters a little more than others yeah but like we just get some of their their kind of backstory and their involvement right um, yeah right. yeah there are definitely so many places that westworld can go i mean you can go the route of like okay well these robots are becoming sentient they want to meet their maker mm-hmm. and then kind of had kind of have this like almost like religious subplot where it's like they're trying to meet their maker and then like you either like worship him or hate him for creating you. Mm. And then also this other like plot of, of the man, the man in black, who's kind of like a subversive person who enters the world and he's actually there just to, um, you know, we don't know really why he's there, but he's clearly there to like not do what other people are doing. Like he sawed off the head of this guy named Kissy and he found a map on it, which kind of threw me off but um but yeah i thought that was interesting yeah the the man in black actually now now that we're talking about like oh who who are the obvious bad guys like if you're d- depending what perspective you take if you're just taking it from like uh this is an amusement park type of thing like he's basically just a really committed gamer <laughs> if you want to <laughs> put it that way like he wants to find the secret Easter eggs. He wants to find yeah. like the secret level, the bonuses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in in the in, in reality, um, if, if you take that these hosts like aren't human and that their lives don't really matter, then he's just kind of he's trying to play the game because obviously mm-hmm. he, he's experienced. He's been playing it for a long time. And he's at least thirty years. Um, so for him. I mean, it, it, seems, it seems to us that he, he will be a bad person somehow, but may, maybe in the future he'll he'll somehow, like, bridge that gap between yeah. host and then, like, the corporation or something. I'm not sure. Yes. As he tries to dive deeper in. I, I can see that, too. Yeah. How much time do you think resets in between each narrative? Is it just a, is it just a one day? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about, too. I was going to ask that question earlier because it seems like the participants or the what are they called the newcomers it seems like they're there for more than a day mm-hmm. but then from what we see of Dolores it seems like it's just the same day over and over again so i'm not like entirely sure um but before this i, I watched a little bit of the episode again and on that first train ride it, it kind of has some people talking while it shows teddy and the guy said something along the lines like, oh, yeah, last time I was here, I came by myself, and I was just totally evil. 
It was the best two weeks of my life. Huh. Um, so that, it, there's there's actually a lot of small things they just kind of put in there, which I didn't catch the first time watching it. Yeah. I kind of picked up the second time. So it was interesting. Like, I, one day would seem kind of short to actually, like, play out a whole storyline and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So I, I would have assumed, yeah, it would have to be longer. But then, right. like, you know, after, like, that huge giant massacre at the end of the episode do they just reset that and like the the right. town goes back to normal and like like right. maybe from from the participant standpoint like they they can participate in any storyline they want like the day just resets and they can choose so maybe mm-hmm. they're just there longer but then the actual storyline is only like a 24-hour thing yeah it really kind of um, leaves it open it doesn't give you any clues about like days passing you know for all we know we we didn't get to see the other days that Do- uh, Dolores wakes up, mm. and we only got to see the beginning of her storyline. Because, yeah, like you said, the guy spending two weeks there, and then also the narrative writer talking about moving up Hector's um, Hector's assault on the city oh, yeah. to the middle of the storyline. It's got to take him more than a day to get from one place to the other. And, you know, if he's talking about moving it up, I can't imagine it happening just a couple hours later than when it, you know, happens in, in the episode. I don't know. That's a, that's a question we'll have to wait to hear the end. So maybe just taking it, our conversation a little away from just the plot and whatnot. I mean, I guess since we, we said we both haven't watched this before. So now that we've seen the first episode, like what, what do we feel like, or may, maybe how, how did it line up with our expectations or maybe even what, what are we mm-hmm. looking forward to in, in the next, the rest of the season, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just took a bite of pizza. Oh, you're good. I guess I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> um, um, mm-hmm. You can go ahead first. Okay, sure. Uh, so I, I think for for me, like just hearing about the show from friends and whatnot, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty obvious. The question was like, do like, what is life? You know, like do these robots, like are they alive? Do they do they have like dignity that should be um, given to a living being or something? Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of knew that going in, but then as I watched the whole episode, I feel like they never just asked that question to you. Um, I feel like they actually mm-hmm. present a bunch of different questions huh. um, that that might like serve that larger question, but they they don't actually come out and say that. You know, I feel like uh-huh. so I, I was actually surprised um, by the first episode and. Yeah. Did it yeah. um surprise you in a good way or in a bad way? Uh in a good way, I think. Part of it might have been because I knew we were gonna talk about it on this podcast, so maybe I was trying to be a little more analytical in the beginning. But yeah. as the episode went on, I just found myself drawn into the story and just really mm-hmm. immersed into it. Which again I think is like the newcomers they pay to get this whole immersion into this world. And I think as as an audience member, as I watch it, I'm also immersed in it um, in, in a yeah. different way. I just kind of like forget, yeah, you know, you're watching a show. And I think that's that's the power of, of the storytelling. Like you said earlier, you haven't really watched any HBO shows. I don't think, I don't think that I have either. So mm-hmm. one, one of the things, in the beginning of the episode, um, they, they like pan and like the programmers are interviewing the different host or whatever and it shows them that like all, they're all like full frontal nudity um all the guys <laughs> and the and the females and yeah. it's like oh i like didn't didn't know to expect that and i right. remembered or wait is hbo you know like right. Game of thrones <laughs> so i was like oh okay 
Uh, so that was, that was really the, the only thing. Uh, I think for me, um, I definitely uh, initially, like when I first, like for the far first five minutes, I was like, oh, okay, you know, this is going to be like another Western. Like, um, I really, I haven't, I hadn't seen any trailers or anything. So I, I just, I was going in cold. Um, and, and I don't really, like, aside from some of like Clint Eastwood's work, I'm not really a big fan of Westerns. Mm. And so, kind of the beginning of this show, I was like, oh, this is going to be like, boring like i know the story arc it's gonna be like this kind of like rebel guy comes in and he like saves a day or whatever but then uh it doesn't spend uh that much time you know in westworld before it goes to that corporation and i was like Mm -hmm. okay this is sci-fi this is interesting anyways i i think um it definitely exceeded my expectations. I think it opens up a lot of questions, like you say. I think there's uh, the show can really go anywhere, and it has many different themes to explore. I mean, it can talk about technology, it could talk about humanity, it could talk about different ways we we escape in this world. You know, whether through um, you know adventure and heroism, or alcoholism and sex and violence. Like, there's so many different topics at this. Um, series can explore and also i like the meta-ness of it too just you know when watching the show you're not just looking at the meta within the show of westworld and the the corporation you're also thinking of the meta-ness of yourself watching the show being kind of self-aware that Mm -hmm. you are very much like the people who are going to westworld yeah yeah i feel like if uh if anyone actually li- listens to our podcast and has seen the show, they'll probably be like, man, these guys don't even know <laughs> what was about to come up. <laughs> Yo, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, Hindsight yeah. 2020, though. That's right, and we will come back and talk about it again. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do this uh, again. <laughs> Got a lot to work on. I thought it was interesting, the, the bandit guy who just had this, had this obsession with milk. <laughs> I was like, first of all, where does milk come from? Second of all, it better be better be some damn good milk. Yeah, and he was one 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 of the ones that actually got tossed. Yeah, I just thought he was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think that, uh, that there's that interesting scene because he he malfunctions too, and he kind of goes on this killing spree, even though like right. he should be dead. You know, so, like he drinks the milk, and the milk like comes out his side because he was shot. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then. Um, the management, uh, the lady from management comes and she's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna sign off on having this like homicidal maniac like come out right. again into the West World," and the programmer's like, "Well, he's coded to be homicidal and right, right. whatnot." So I think that's kind of kind of kind of makes you question is like, yeah, like they they created this world and they designed every character to be the way they are. So like. Again, maybe it comes back to that question of, like, responsibility. Um, is it, like, mm-hmm. their fault, you know? Like, you know, is it the host's fault that they are who they are? Even if even if it's, like, someone of a bug, it's just, like, an exaggeration of who he's created to be. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought it was really weird. And then when he walks out of that, like, saloon or whatever, he there's, like, a bunch of bottles of milk <laughs> <laughs> um, around, like, the his partner or whatever that he killed. He's just like, I uh, found another bottle of milk. Um, so it, it was really weird. <laughs> I wonder, like, um, now that you brought up that he basically came back from the dead, you know, I wonder if um, his ability to 
to do that comes from the reverie or if that's um, something that's built in where hosts don't actually die, they're just really good actors. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I, I had that kind of thought too, is like once it's revealed that he should be dead and then he shoots like another host, it's like, could that host just get up and stop mm-hmm. him? Yeah, I don't know, because it seems very intricate. Like, we, we call them, like, robots or androids, but I think when it shows... it, it It's not even a main focus, but, like, when it shows them being made, um, it's so much more than, I think, what the word robot communicates. Hmm. You know, it's like it, like, dips right, like, right, them right. in that white stuff. We don't even... It's just that right. white paint. I, I don't know what we that is. We don't know is. what that is. Yeah. yeah, and then they have, like, the robots. They're basically making the muscle fibers, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, those are robots. Those things that are making the host, those are robots. The hosts are not robots. Yeah, the host is like a whole nother thing because they, they bleed. Um, they, right. They, I mean, they, they show emotions and whatnot. But then, but then the humans are actually, they have control. They have like remote controls that can turn off like their emotions or whatever. Right, um, right. So I, I don't know. It's just... There's layers. There's layers. All right. Well, I, I think I think we could really keep on talking um, and just go on and on about different aspects of the show. But I, I think we're going to have to save it for, for next time. All right, so for the last segment of our podcast, or really kind of the second part, we're going to kind of ask each other, what's making you happy this week? So, um, Dill, what's making you happy this week? Uh, this week, I can, I can take a rest. I took a nap the other day. Uh, it was yeah. great. Um, I usually don't take naps, but um, I, I'm pretty tired. Just got back from a trip um, from Arizona, so nice. I took a nap in the middle of the day. It was good. I uh, I feel bad for all all of you that have full time jobs. Um, <laughs> like I said, I, I'm a student and I'm on summer break right now, so just ability um, just to come back and do that, yeah, make, making me pretty happy. Right. Right. How do I get grafted into your storyline? Can I be a student too? <laughs> hey, man, you, you can. You just got to pay the tuition and uh, stop getting Ooh. the paycheck. Oh. So, you That's know. double minus. <laughs> yeah. That's like pay and then also not get paid. Yeah. What about you, man? What's making you happy this week? I'm just glad it's Friday. Um, and I'm also flying to Japan uh, oh. in, a, in a couple days. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna Vancouver first, and then I'm gonna go to Taiwan to see my dad and my grandma, and then I I'm going to a research conference in Tokyo uh, to present on um, refugee students. So huh. it'll be a good opportunity to network and just uh, meet people who are kind of doing the same kind of work I'm doing. Oh, that's cool. You can talk to yeah. some people about Westworld, maybe. <laughs> They'll be like, "What you in Westworld?" <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're going to um, try and, um, you know, work out whatever kinks. But I feel like it went pretty well today um, as far as just kind of getting our thoughts out. Yeah, yeah, I think it was good. I mean, I enjoyed it, you know. It was, it was the first time recording, and uh, we'll see uh, once we re-listen to it in the edit how much we actually are rambling and whatnot. But <laughs> uh, I, I right now, I, I think it went pretty well, too. You know, I, I think we covered a lot of the episode, talked about, about a lot of different things. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Looking forward to the next episode of Westworld and of our podcast. Yep, looking forward to episode two. Catch y'all later.